before so much paralyzing terror. The sadistic leader of the bloody brood, whose only philosophy is anything goes. Welcome, weirdos, to the inaugural episode of Weird Wide. I'm your host, J.D. Ross. Some of you may recognize me from my previous podcast, such as Going Hollywood, where I discuss movies alongside my co-host, The Ghost, uh, as well as uh, doing some interviews on Traversing the Stars. Uh, so I am definitely much more accustomed to having a partner to riff off of. Uh, so this is definitely a little bit of an adjustment for me. Uh, but I decided that I wanted to, I wanted this show to have a bit of a different vibe to it than any of the previous shows that I've been a part of, and also to tackle a different kind of subject matter. So let's start with answering the question, what the hell even is Weird Wide? Well, as much as I enjoy breaking down movies and entertainment, uh, I also love deep diving into the strange, the macabre, the off-putting, the creepy, the interesting, the unusual, the weird. And that's what Weird Wide is all about. I didn't want to back myself into a corner where I had to keep my podcast on a particular topic. Uh, I wanted to be able to explore all the strange and unusual this world has to offer and take you on that ride with me. Now, here and there, I will have guests along the way. Uh, you're definitely, uh, you'll definitely see the ghost pop up here and there. Him and I have already planned out a couple different episode ideas together. Uh, looking forward to that. Definitely uh, going to have some guests, going to have some weird stuff. Looking for other guests, too. So uh, maybe a couple mystery guests here and there. But I imagine you're thinking, how do you even define weird? And that's a great question. And you just earned yourself some points for thinking that. So see, we're already off to a great start. Go us. See, the best part is that everybody has a different idea of what weird actually is. And that allows us to take even more journeys into the strange that this planet, dimension, reality, whatever the fuck we are, has to offer. Now, of course, we're going to be looking at some obvious things, uh, murderers, the paranormal, odd events in history, but also maybe, you know, touch on some subjects that maybe you never even gave a second thought to. Uh, weird jobs, strange ways that people decide to live their lives, oddness in music. The list is virtually endless so i also want to hear from you about what kind of other weird madness you want me to cover i'm just the voice of this funny farm uh so you know i want to turn this into a community of weirdness so stand up and be counted let your voice be heard shoot me an email at weirdwidepodcast at gmail.com tell me what you want to hear tell me what you love tell me what you hate tell me your deepest darkest innermost secrets at some point, I'll also be putting a Facebook community together, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, throw around some strange memes, a little, you know, a little bit of story, some odd shit, uh, different things that, you know, we can just really build a weird community around. Now, without further ado, let's get weird. And I thought, what better way to bust this madhouse wide open than to talk about one of my favorite subjects in the realm of weirdness. So today we're going to be talking about aliens, specifically first contact. Stories of alien creatures from beyond the heavens have permeated our culture for decades, finding their way into comic books, TV shows, movies, even music. And they're iconic in the pantheon of cryptids and unexplainable monsters that run rampant through our imaginations. And for some people, they're very reality. But what would really happen if the skies started to get crowded or a single flying saucer landed on the White House lawn? 
Is there actually a plan in place to handle such an event locally or globally? That's something we don't often consider in this kind of scenario. You know, internationally, we can't even really work together under normal circumstances. So if you add ETs to the mix, you've got a recipe for instability. So today we're going to look at some of uh, what I turned up as far as what those possibilities might hold. Now, before we jump in and really get into the meat of it, I really feel like we need to kind of briefly look over some of the common types of aliens that we've had reported encounters with. Uh, you know, this is by no means an exhaustive list. I'm going to go over just a few, uh, just just a few, just to kind of you know get a little bit of a little bit of insight into some of the different types of aliens. Uh, there's definitely more, for sure. Uh, but let's start with a couple different types of aliens. So I'm going to be going over three different reported alien species. First, we're going to be looking at the Nordics. So the Nordics are uh, they're, they're tall aliens from uh, from I think Pleiades Pleiades. I don't know. I, I'm not sure uh, how to pronounce it. It's a P L E I D E S Pleiades. Someone at home uh, speaks Greek or Roman, whatever the fuck that is. Let me know. Uh, so they're often described as like six to seven feet tall, golden hair, blue eyes. So think like uber Aryan looking alien motherfuckers, right? So for most reports, they often come off as like the galactic hippies. Uh, so they're not usually as associated with hostility. They're more often associated with spiritual growth, uh, often associated with giving humans messages of peace. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll find them in astral projection stories, uh, often with grim warnings about eliminating humanity's nuclear supply, which, you know, lately is topical. I'm hoping that as I record this, because I'm recording some of these episodes ahead of time, that the world hasn't fallen prey to nuclear disaster. Uh, but, you know, it's also one of those things where I could... I won't be surprised any day if I see the mushroom cloud in the sky. And speaking of fire in the sky, the movie Fire in the Sky, which actually, uh, if, if you're not familiar with it, I really recommend checking it out. It's based on the book, The Walton Experience by Travis Walton. Uh, in, the, in the movie, they definitely Hollywooded it up a little bit. Um, it was more uh, focused on the grays, which were actually, uh, you know, in the, in the movie, they were shown to be like suits and there was like an actual alien underneath the suit. Uh, but they abducted Travis Walton uh, and they took him onto their ship, uh, did a bunch of shit to him. Movie's great. I haven't been able to read the book because I can't find the book for a reasonable price. Uh, it was on Amazon for like over $100 at one point. Uh, I, I really would like to find a copy of it and read it uh, because it is supposed to be, you know, really outstanding, you know, account of what happened to Travis Walton when he was abducted in the woods that day. But he was abducted by Nordics. Uh, the movie... Like I said, Hollywooded up and was it, it was just a lot different. So, you know, it was it was it was a lot of they, they kind of messed with him a little bit. He was even allowed to roam the ship a little bit. Uh, and then they kind of just brought him back. All right. Now, another very commonly reported alien species. I would say uh, this is a contender for, you know, the kind of the top as far as what is reported in the alien lore, the reptilian. All right, so they're also known as the Saurians, the Draconians, lizard people, reptiles, reptids, you know, all kinds of different things like that. Less associated with abduction reports, but they do still show up uh, going back as far as at least 1967, possibly earlier. Uh, there's been several instances of lizard men appearing in sci-fi, uh, such as weird tales as early as the 1920s. 
other sci-fis use these concepts um you know most famously being things like the gorn in star trek you remember that star trek episode uh the one where kirk was on the planet and uh there was like this big lizard dude falling like they had to fight to the death and like there was just a whole thing like they were an incredible fortune in stones when i would trade them all for a hand phaser or a good solid club those are the gorn now the one, one of the people that really popularized the idea of the reptilians is supreme wackadoodle. I, I, I know I, I, I do see the irony in someone uh, like me who is starting a podcast on the subject of aliens, calling anybody else a wackadoodle. That's fair. I'll give you that. Uh, but David Icke, that dude's off his fucking rocker. Um, generally associated, like I said, with co- popularizing the concept on the more mainstream scale going into the new millennium into the 21st century uh so he he's the one that kind of got the idea in the in the zeitgeist of shape-shifting like reptilian humanoids from the alpha draconis system that now live on earth uh, in secret underground bunkers uh such as dolce base and have infiltrated most or all of the world governments disguised as humans dolce base at some point i would like to cover uh that's a whole that's a whole super interesting uh thing whether it's real whether it's just you know made up nonsense um but this is like you know the, the these are these are the type of people that like you know the anybody who's ever talked about like like the lizard illuminati like the lizards like you know the the, the lizard people if you if you watch there's a thousand youtube videos of like you know every single president like if you watch real quick like their eyes shift real quick you know and then they're, they're all creepy and then they apparently feed on strife human suffering uh, which, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, on some level, it explains why it just seems like politicians just fuck shit up more and more often. Uh, it, it really does kind of give some kind of credence to that. Uh, I could see where people would kind of get into that, but it's also pretty fucking wackadoodle. You know what? Again, though, who the fuck am I to say? It also really hasn't been helped that this kind of thing does seem to be dismissed by a lot of politicians so uh back in 2011 louis ck uh which you know he is he is who he is but you know he asked donald donald rumsfeld in an interview on the opie and anthony show if he and dick cheney were lizard men and rumsfeld refused to answer which okay on some level Again, I'm going to I'm going to bring logic into this here. Donald Rumsfeld is, you know, he's a he's a he's a career. He was a career politician. Uh, you know, he, he had dealt with like some of the most powerful people in the world. And all of a sudden there's this, this fucking ginger comedian who's just talking shit, asking if he's a lizard person. It's easy from a logical perspective to say you're a fucking asshole. I'm not entertaining this. Fair enough. But he also didn't say he's not. So I kind of see where people are at with that. <laughs> All right. Now, the last one that we're going to kind of gra- graze over here, uh, I would say is actually the one that uh, that I, I have the most association personally with aliens with. Um, I think it's the most interesting, uh, you know, there's definitely, uh, if you follow my TikTok, I make a lot of alien videos. Uh, you know, a lot of people have definitely come and uh, commented on the on that uh, take. Fair enough. You know, everybody has their own opinion. Uh, I, I, I do often wonder if I have an abduction in my past that I've repressed because I did have a recurring nightmare of 
this type of alien. I'm talking about the grays. I find them to be the most interesting. Uh, now, they're sometimes called the Zeta Reticulans, the Zetans, the Roswell Grays, you know, because of the association with the Roswell crash. They're one of the most commonly reported of the alien visitors. Uh, they're generally described as having small humanoid bodies with really big ass heads, gray colored skin and large pupil eyes. Now, what popularized them in the zeitgeist of uh, society uh, was the 1960s account by Betty and Barney Hill when they were you know, supposedly abducted. Uh, you know, the, they had all the tropes. Uh, Betty and Barney Hill was one of the ones that had all the, the stereotypical tropes of the alien abduction. Time loss, uh, you know, just doing the um, hypno hypnosis and, and coming back with it later, different things like that. Now, association with the Zeta Reticuli star system, what, like I said, was from the hypnosis section session where Betty was shown a star map uh, drawn by somebody named uh, Marjorie Fish. Uh, again, at some point, we'll look into all this on its own, on their own specific episodes. We're doing full just glossovers like at the moment of these different different ones right now. Now, what's weird about them, and I do find this to be one of the more interesting aspects, is they do often seem to be associated with human reproduction, often taking eggs or sperm uh, and doing reproductive experimentation and uh, alien human hybrid combinations. Some reports even exist of women experiencing ongoing abductions of even carrying a hybrid during an actual pregnancy to term and having the hybrid child surgically removed. There's also been some reports in, uh, you know, different abduction, you know, scenarios uh, where they've been asked to hold the baby and even been studied kind of like the mother infant relationship before being returned to Earth. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of theories out there. I think one of the most popular being that, like, you know, the greys, uh, there's, a, you know, being a pantheon of different alien species or one that have a hard time or, or have lost the ability to reproduce on their own. And so they're, they're looking at basically using humanity as some form of reproduction through a human alien hybrid scenario. And like I said, there's other types, uh, you know, there's the tall whites uh, you know, again, they, they have to have their own episode. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of weird, you know, reports of deals with uh, U.S. officials and uh, presidents even uh, and even like weird gambling scenarios of, uh, you know, with tall whites in Las Vegas, different things like that. So those are a few of the different aliens that, uh, you know, are most commonly reported. Now, let's look into basically the actual plan if we were to meet any of these species. So there's a few organizations on Earth, obviously, uh, one such uh, called SETI, which literally stands for the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, uh, that actively seek verifiable proof of alien intelligence by monitoring signals and transmissions in space. Uh, if, you'll, if you're a longtime listener of some of my different shenanigans, uh, you can actually go back to uh, Go on Hollywood episode, uh, where the ghost and I actually had the pleasure of interviewing a senior astronomer of SETI, Dr. Dr. Seth Shostak. And he's spoken publicly about the protocols that are in place, at least from SETI's perspective. Now, in a different interview with uh, Shostak in uh, 2016, he laid out what SETI's plan is, at least, like I said, from his own perspective. Uh, in the 90s, Shostak was, a, the ch uh, was the chair of a committee that put together what came to be known as the post-detection protocols, specifically for researchers who were watching the skies for proof of alien intelligence. 
Now, this wasn't for how we'd react at the governmental level. This was this part was literally only for scientists and researchers. Uh, this part was so showstack is actually pretty hilarious, though, because I feel like even just reading the interview, you could tell that he has absolutely no faith in the people that are in charge of the of the response. Uh, he said the protocols uh, set in place by the powers that be are as follows. If you pick up a signal, check it out. Tell everybody. Don't broadcast any replies without international consultation, whatever that means, end quote. So basically, you've got this award-winning astronomer who has forgotten more about science than the average person knows. And he's, got, he's dealing with this half-witted government suit showing up that basically tells him, okay, so definitely you're going to want to look into it. Yeah, we were, we were going to. And like, make sure to tell people. Don't just like go, go keep a cool news to yourself you know, whatever basement your lab is in, we're all going to want to hear about this and probably pretty soon after it, after it happens. Peer review. Yeah, that's, that's pretty common practice. We always... And whatever you do, do not call them back without talking to us first. Do not phone home. I mean, I just feel like at that point, Showstack had to have been so irritated. Like, the fuck do you think we were going to do? Like, we were just going to reach out to some alien intelligence ourselves. Like, you think we have some message that we've been just sitting on, just waiting to call Alf? No, you fucking moron. You deal with that shit. None of us get paid enough to talk to them. Now, the weird thing is beyond that whole situation, which actually did reach the United Nations, isn't even really an official thing. Because that was about as far as the whole situation went, is basically a random dusty file on some random UN member shelf. Uh, the government isn't really involved with SETI, so they don't really have any real say in how they operate or even really seem to care when they're having a busy day. So back in 1997, there was a false alarm at SETI. Showstack described the situation as looking promising for the day, and they thought they'd found a real signal, and it didn't come up as important at all for the government. Uh, Showstack said he was waiting for all the classic movie moments, uh, you know, call from the, the Pentagon, uh, menacing government agents showing up. None of that happened. I feel like that would piss me off. Uh, if your job is to find aliens, like your entire job is to find aliens, and you think you might have found them. Real deal. Holy shit, this is happening. Dude, they probably worked through lunch that day. They were so excited. And the government didn't even bother to call. Hell, they didn't even email him. And, and weird timing is 1997, uh, you know, got a little lost in my research here, uh, was the year that email actually really did start to gain traction. Hotmail started offering free service uh, the year before. Uh, and in 1997, 10 million users around the world were actively using email. So the Bill Clinton sex scandal didn't even break until 1998, the next year. So Bill had no excuse not to email these people and see what was going on with that big possibly, you know, possible real signal they found. You know, until 2022, there hadn't really been any official discussion on the topic with Congress uh, that we know of officially. Uh, even with the government declassifying thousands of UFO documents in 2021, there doesn't seem to be any official talk on the subject since the 70s. So it seems like the government won't officially respond until there are little green men just plopping down in everybody's neighborhood, which you know, on some level does make sense uh, in fairness. Um, you know, 1997, it, it, it did turn out to be a false alarm. Uh, there was a lot going on in 1997. I'll give you that too. Uh, you know, Princess Diana died. The Heaven's Gate cult, you know, they committed mass suicide. The stock market crashed. Hell, Mike Tyson bit off Evander Holyfield's ear. Ty 
Titanic came out that year. Uh, you know, it broke box office records. One of the top grossing films of all time. Leonardo DiCaprio was already a success, but this drove his name into the face, into the collective consciousness of the entire fucking planet. Uh, it made the world excited uh, about a historical event. There was even a museum in my hometown that did this exhibit where you drew a name of an actual person on the Titanic. And at the end of the exhibit, you get to see if you survived. I totally did, by the way. I was fifth officer Harold Lowe. Not only did he survive, he helped quite a few people, you know, survive it as well. So needless to say, I get it. You know, there was a lot going on that year. Definitely got off track there. Definitely found myself, uh, like I said, in a little bit of a research black hole looking into 1997. Now I really want to re rewatch uh, Titanic. Uh, back to how the government would handle shit. Now, because they don't just outright say what they're going to do, a lot, of the, a lot of this is pretty difficult to verify. Uh, some is rumor, some is hearsay. Uh, but some, there supposedly exists a seven-step plan called the seven phases of contact. I just feel like this was left up to some Wall Street bro type who felt that it needed like a slick sales kind of thing. You know what I mean? I've worked in sales. This is all theoretical shit. It, it works great on paper. But the moment things really start to pop off, it all goes off the rails. Some crap you didn't, didn't plan for almost immediately happens. But I digress. From what I can find online uh, from different sources, uh, like I said, unfortunately cannot verify, here is the seven-step plan the U.S. government will employ if and when aliens make themselves known. Number one, research remotely. So the first part of this brilliant uh, plan is do clandestine research on the species. The early stages of, the, stages of this really seem to rest on the idea of us finding them, which is Great if we're the ones that show up, uh, which would theoretically make us the aliens, I would actually say. We would use our technology to attempt to gather as much information on them as possible, what they look look like, sound like, uh, what their society's like, et cetera, et cetera. Again, this is all based on the assumption that we find them. So see what I mean? It's already going off the rails. Like it doesn't account for them showing up. Number two, galactic secret agents. All right, so step two is apparently where we visit the aliens secretly and attempt to infiltrate their society and learn about them up close. Could you imagine joining Space Force and finding yourself as some, some alien secret agent? Shit like that has never been done. We have never tried to dress up like an alien species and walk among them. I'm just picturing the U.S. government like getting the makeup team from face off to try to design some kind of elaborate alien costume and the team getting found out just immediately. Like legitimately, if an alien pretending to be a human moved in next door, you would 100% notice. Or you would at least think, man, something is off with that dude. Now, of course, there are theories that aliens are already secretly walking among us as we speak. So maybe the, maybe the ETs are already only on step two. You know, uh, we're talking about an actual uh, uh, we're talking about an actual intelligent species. Uh, there would be some odd minute details that would blow the whole thing. There's a song by Walter Becker, the guy from Steely Dan uh, on his solo album uh, called Hat Too Flat. Great song. But like, I really want to know what kind of drugs Walt was on while he was writing this. Uh, it's about this advanced an enlightened alien race from a planet called Arcturus coming to Earth regularly and attempting uh, the very step of just walking among us secretly, but getting found out because Arcturus has this weird fashion obsession with wearing their hats super flat. So they keep 
coming. They keep infiltrating, getting jobs, getting better at speaking the language, but they continue to be found out because the constant wearing of these super flat hats make everyone immediately leery of them. And for all their intelligence and advances, you know, advanced natures, they just can't put two and two together and they keep giving themselves away. We would do some shit like that. Number three, threat assessment. So this is where the obvious humans in disguise start really putting themselves out there uh, because they'll start asking around about weaponry and technology. <laughs> it kind of seems to me like uh, this part should have been step one. If you're even remotely researching a civilization, uh, you could at least gauge their hostility, uh, tech weapons to some extent. You know, with this, all I'm picturing is uh, Star Trek Four uh, when Chekhov starts asking about the nuclear vessels, and he goes up to a cop, and you know, and went into the past, and he goes up to a cop. Have, do you know where the naval base is in Alameda? It's where they keep the nuclear vessels, and he's Russian, and it's in the middle of the Cold War. Fucking hilarious! It just feels like if they aren't weren't already found out, like miraculously, didn't get found out up to this point. This is where they definitely do get caught. All right, number four, long distance. This might be the first, the first one that we could apply to them actually finding us. So once we're relatively sure that we could at least take them in a fight, we would attempt to make contact from afar. This isn't even the worst idea on paper. Uh, you know, try to phone home a little bit. Uh, this could also apply if they showed up in the sky one day, uh, try, you know, try to radio them, try the visual signals. Here's the fucked up part of this seven point plan uh, is this is step four. Like we're pretty much halfway through and this is the first one that maybe even considers them showing up first. Like I said, I don't think the government really thought this shit through at all. Number five. All right. So if somehow we make it to step number five. Somehow we made it this far, which, like I said, I think this already would have gone hard off the rails by this point. But if somehow we managed to get to step number five, it's abduction. This is where we for sure accidentally start an interstellar war. So after we've made made ourselves known, uh, we just this is where we abduct one of their species. I'm honestly convinced that we are the space orcs that like the idea that sci-fi sci portrays human as weak and frail compared to the rest of uh, the species out there. We may actually bigger, be bigger and stronger and vastly more aggressive than anybody else. So the space force agents manage not to get caught poking around their weapons and tech, and then they kidnap a random alien and take it back to earth. So much to unpack here. For one thing, if you get caught here, uh, you are for sure starting a war with an alien intelligence, but what about disease? What if the aliens have the COVID Andromeda strain and shit gets loose and kills all of us? Or even just the first impression, like we managed to get through all the other steps, the first impression with an alien, uh, uh, with us, you know, with an alien, uh, contacting an alien race is us getting caught trying to kidnap one of their people. You can't come back from that. You're starting the relationship off at negative trust. And if the, even if these were super, super cool space hippies, even if these are the Nordics and they're totally cool with us, they don't fucking like us at this point. All right, number six. This is where we let ourselves be seen. So again, this doesn't account for them landing. This is, again, assuming that we find them. Like, whoever put this together definitely had a shitload of confidence in our spacefaring abilities going forward. Uh, it just feels to me like even if we'd managed to put actual people on Mars uh, that we know of, let alone start to have any plans for getting ourselves beyond the solar system, these fools are all over here thinking that we would find them. So this is basically where we show up and we say, hey, how's it going? Look at the Earthlings. Yeah. 
And number seven, finally, face-to-face. Somehow, if we made it to step seven, it's the open face-to-face contact. This is where we actually go shake hands with the alien president. This is where we ask them to take us to their leader. Uh, We are definitely the aliens in this scenario. I want to know who'd be the one to get to be the poster child for this. Like, honestly, I have such little faith in our leaders. I would not trust any of them to pull it off. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, I know I've seen this online, but I vote uh, I vote Jack Black. I feel like he could do it right. I've seen that meme. I feel like uh, I honestly think he could I think he could pull it off. How do we not have a movie where Jack Black is the first one to make contact with aliens? That needs to be a thing. Uh, and if that happens, I want credit for the idea. I want an invite to the premiere and I want to hang out with Jack Black for a bit. I feel like him and I would get along. So that's the U.S. Uh, that's the U.S. plan. It's a terrible plan. Basically, we don't have a fucking plan. Uh, Japan, they have a plan, which is basically uh, if anything shows up in their airspace, uh, they try to contact them. If that doesn't work, uh, they, sh- they start trying to shoot them down. Uh, the U.K. has a plan where they're basically just not going to tell the public, which in the 21st century will be all over social media within minutes. Uh, no matter where they land, that's going to spread like wildfire. Doesn't seem very well, very good, well thought out. And China apparently is actively seeking out aliens so they could be the first to speak with them. So that says to me they already have some kind of message ready to go. Uh, man, we're really, really bad at working together, aren't we? Um, wow. So yeah, China uh, basically wants to uh, be the first one so they can control the, control the, the narrative. They're going to speak for all of humanity. Now, when it comes right down to it in this podcaster's humble opinion, I believe there, are, there is vastly more than they're currently telling us. Uh, rumors and conspiracy theories have circulated for close to a century at this point uh, that include aliens, uh, like, I've, like I've said, already in contact with us, working with uh, the governments of the world in secret. Uh, you know, there's the Valiant Thor story, uh, an alleged alien that met with the U.S. top brass. Uh, I believe President Eisenhower and Nixon uh when he was vice president at the time i guess you know we talked about dolce base uh the room underground base in i think new mexico jointly operated by alien and human interests but those will have to be covered in future episodes you know right now uh we've got the james webb telescope out there which by the way uh as of recording did get hit by a small meteorite so that's great news uh nasa hired a team of theologians as you know uh possible uh take possible steps for revealing to the religious communities of the world uh, what the go- it just makes me think that the government knows something. So I guess time will tell on that. Uh, and we'll just have to wait. So I want to know what you guys think. So like I said, email me at uh, weirdwidepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, if you like what you're hearing, go on uh, Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Uh, check me out on TikTok. Uh, I'm uh, on TikTok and Instagram as Dudist Weirdo. I'm dropping all kinds of nonsense on there. Uh having a good time with it so uh if you like what you're hearing leave me leave me a review uh hit me up let me know what you think Uh, if you got any weird stories to tell any uh you know any cool just anything interesting let me know so until next time keep it weird